you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Greetings and welcome to the weekly NFL Fantasy Live podcast, our final podcast for a little bit. It's going to get you caught up on everything you need to know. Looking ahead to 2014, fantasy values for players playing in the Super Bowl, big news, and of course, We'll finish with our big Super Bowl picks at the end of the podcast. Jason Smith alongside Marcus Grant and Elliot Harrison sitting in for Marshawn Lynch, who was scheduled to be here, but he said he didn't want to talk. So, Elliot, appreciate you coming in instead of Marshawn. Uh, hey, man, no problem. Listen, I, I want you guys to know that I knew that Marshawn was going to do this to you. So I put in a call to Eric Pegram. He wasn't available. <laughs> you know, I tried John L. Williams. He wasn't available. Yep. And finally, I stopped with Lamont Warren. And once Lamont Warren wouldn't do it, I'm sorry, Jason, I, I had to come in. You didn't call Kurt Warner? The other Kurt uh, the Warner? Kurt, Kurt, Kurt with a C. No, <laughs> or Richie Anderson. Okay. But, but interesting thing, Kurt Warner with a C came up in conversation last night. So I, I went out That's like Liza night. with a Z, Kurt with a C. Hey, I went out last night. I ran into a guy that I know that's a huge Seahawks fan. Huge. And he's running out of the place, and then he comes back to me, and he's like, he goes, Elliot, I'm, I'm, I'm so nervous about this game. I'm so nervous, man. I'm, I'm just nervous. He's uh, literally, he's talking like five. I'm like, clearly, he's throwing a few back. <laughs> and, and then he starts talking about Dave Craig, and now he had a Dave Craig jersey, which I really didn't need to know. And then I actually had to tell him that the only jersey that I remember my dad ever buying me when I was a kid, I got it for Christmas. I have a Seahawks blue. Home jersey, Kurt Warner with a C, number 28. Why would wow. your dad buy that for I you? I have no idea. He got idea. it for free, and he just said, I'll give it to my son. He likes football. <laughs> Maybe so, but it's still hanging in my closet. I still have a, a kid's nice. jersey, Kurt Warner with a C. That's funny. All right, so some other players who are a little more contemporary. Not that Kurt Warner isn't, but you just made him relevant here. A couple of big stars for the Seahawks as they get ready for Sunday. We get ready as to what we're going to do for them next season. Russell Wilson. 
not getting as much publicity this week because of Richard Sherman. But then again, you know, Obama's State of the Union not getting as much publicity because of Richard Sherman. <laughs> so let's start with the quarterbacks here. Russell Wilson going to the next year, Marcus. He started off slow, was been up and down this season, had some great games, had some bad games. Where are you going to have him ranked offseason-wise when it comes to quarterbacks? I- I've got him somewhere probably around 8 eight to 10 in my rankings next year. And I think what will help him a lot is hopefully having a healthy Percy Harvin for the entire season. I mean, I, it was it was kind of incredible to see the way he was able to produce this year with just kind of a grab bag of wideouts. I mean, guys that nobody talks about. I mean, nobody talks about Golden Tate or Doug Baldwin or any, anybody like that. Um, but Russell Wilson still managed to be a fairly productive fantasy quarterback. I believe he finished uh, in the top five in, or in the top ten, certainly, in fantasy scoring at the position. I think... Uh, his ups and downs, especially his struggles late in the season, will knock him down a lot of draft boards. But just his ability to make plays, it's not always pretty, it's not always eye-popping, but he finds a way to produce, and I think having Percy Harvin in that offense for a full season will, will do a lot to help him. And he could be, I think he'll be underrated going into the next season. Now, wait a minute. Before we get to Percy Harvin, you can't say nobody talks about Doug Baldwin because I remember an Elliot Harrison tweet during the <laughs> NFC Championship game that says every team needs a Doug Baldwin. They do. He's a, he's a good little player in a real sense, but I don't think he really helps the fantasy value of a team. I, for me, personally, I would never draft Russell Wilson to be my starting quarterback in fantasy. Never? No. Even if or at least not going into this year, and I don't see it going to the next coming years. First of all, Marshawn Lynch is signed through 2015. I don't see them changing the, the scope of this team. Sidney Rice is gone, so they're going to be relying on Baldwin, Curse, and Harvin. And Harvin's a little bit of an unknown commodity at this point, given his health. We can't just assume that he's going to be the same player he was a few years ago. And when you look at it, Marcus, if you're saying a guy's in the 8 to 10 range, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll just say nine. Right. Okay. Do you really want the ninth best quarterback as your starter in fantasy if you're in a 10-team league? I'm all for waiting on quarterback, but right. that doesn't mean I want the ninth best guy. Now here's the thing. I'm not so much, and if Michael Fabiano hears this, he, he may blow his top, but I, I'm, I'm not holding to the wait on a quarterback theory this year. I mean, if you're late in the first round, early in the second round, I would rather go out and get – Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, what have you, than reaching for a running back or a wide receiver okay. who may not be worth it. Like, I'm not going to go out and reach for, I don't know, just throw a name out there, Frank Gore or something like that when there's another quality quarterback out there just because I feel like I have to have a running back. So I, I, I agree with that. And I also agree with your, your, your premise on Harvin is that we know what he can do. We have just seen so little of him over – a sustained period that I think I think you're right that it's hard to completely evaluate who Percy Harvin in a, is in a new town in a new town yes. also. But Jason, let me ask you this about this strategy. So if you take again, let's just say let's just say Russell Wilson is the ninth best quarterback in fantasy okay. for argument's sake. Isn't it a great strategy in fantasy to go ahead and take a top five quarterback, let's say the fifth ranked quarterback, and then swing back around two or three rounds later and get the eighth or ninth guy because people tend to wait on Romo they wait on Ryan they wait on Wilson you can swing back around and get one of those guys as your backup before those people that are in your league that wait so long on quarterback ever even draft their starter 
I like that better than grabbing a, a third wide receiver sometimes, well, or you, a fourth you, wide receiver, rather. You know where I like that is if, like last year, for instance, people came in and said, okay, Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick are my guys. I'm going to get them. They're going to be great this year. What happened? They both started out really slow. So you put all your eggs in that basket, and because you did that, you didn't get a guy until the very end of the draft. And so now you're trying to make it work with Geno Smith for a few weeks or yeah. whoever you drafted <laughs> as your second Manning. quarterback. Yeah, and Eli was awful. So from that perspective, I like that. Now, if I draft Aaron Rodgers in the third round, I'm going to say, okay, Aaron Rodgers, am I really going to play somebody else over Aaron Rodgers? So then I would wait a while for my backup quarterback. Yes, injuries could happen, but I'm pretty confident there. But if I'm trying to project forward and I'm saying Nick Foles, I'm going all in on Nick Foles, and I'm taking Nick Foles early, and I take Nick Foles in the fourth round, Mm -hmm. you better think about coming back earlier than you want to and getting a quarterback because if Nick Foles throws up on himself, suddenly you're saying, boy, maybe, well, hopefully Johnny Manziel does well. That's all right. I'm starting him for the rest of the season. That's a good point. I mean, I think last year I wanted RG three, but then I wanted to swing back around and get Romo right after him Mm -hmm. so that I had covered my bases. But I know a lot of people do not like taking two quarterbacks in the first ten rounds. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I I know that I had a league last year where I was fortunate that I got Russell Wilson as a keeper, so I I knew that going into the draft, I at least had a decent quarterback option if I wanted it. And I think I ended up, who else did I take? I think I took Tony Romo. So I, you know, I ended up being okay at the quarterback spot, but no, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's ridiculous to think if you're, if you're looking at a quarterback in the bottom half of that, that QB one range that you do come back a little bit earlier and get yourself a solid number two quarterback. I mean, I think, I think that is where the depth at the position really helps. It's not so much that you can necessarily wait late, wait to get a quarterback, which you can, but I think it helps in the fact that if you get a starting quarterback that you're not sure about, that's borderline, you can come right back and find a guy who can still give you good production if your first guy slumps or gets injured mm-hmm. or what have you. You could definitely wait to have seen Oblivion because that's been on uh – HBO, like every <laughs> single... I know, now I feel bad that I spent my money in to see it in the Jeez, theater. Actually, please. I used the gift card, so it was okay. I'm sorry, I already took this off uh, the no, rails. <laughs> no, listen, Oblivion and Pitch Perfect are the two new oh, Shawshanks. Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Yeah. I watch that all the time. My five-year-old daughter loves the Bella song at the end. She knows a lot of the words at the beginning. We do the whole thing, you know, everybody's got a price. You know, the, the sale comes first and the truth comes second. She loves it. Dad, I want to watch the Bellas. So I hear we'll there's a sequel. The I hear there's a sequel in the works. It just got announced Elizabeth yesterday. Elizabeth Banks is directing, yeah. from what I understand. I, I, yeah. I can't wait for it. There you go. I listen to the music, too. We listen to the music in, in my car, and sometimes I, it does, I don't realize that if I'm driving to work or driving somewhere, and I'll put the Pitch Perfect CD mm-hmm. in, and I'm listening to it, and I'll go, yeah, and I'll go, I've been listening to this for 20 minutes, and uh, there's nobody else in the car. I can listen <laughs> to something else. I can put in Vampire Weekend if I want to and listen to him. I, I, can, I can go somewhere else with my musical taste. I just wish HBO would have shown American Reunion a little bit more this summer. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> What about well, Chris Johnson? Who hasn't been there? Well, you know, we'll get to Chris Johnson, but first we get to Peyton Manning. Because the other quarterback who's not getting a lot of publicity in this game, doesn't really have a lot on the line, no legacy talk. I mean, he's just kind of playing in the game and, you know, not really getting a lot of attention. Coming off the season he had last year, where are you taking Peyton Manning? Uh, I think Peyton Manning is probably, I would probably say he's the third Maybe fourth quarterback off the board next year. Uh, I mean, I think I think Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees are going to be your top two. After that, it's it's some mixture of Peyton Manning, uh, you know, maybe Cam Newton, Andrew Luck somewhere in in, in that next uh, you know three to five range. By the way, can I say that this 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 Super Bowl seems to have been a promotional opportunity between the city of Omaha and the Mars Company and their fruit flavored candies. Um, 
this has been a, a pretty pretty profitable Super Bowl already. Can I, can I just say, no, I don't know how the whole Marshawn Lynch Skittles deal had. I don't want to derail you from Peyton Manning, but I was just thinking about this. You know, if I don't know how it came down that he actually got the deal with Skittles, but if I was Marshawn's agent, here's what I do: I say, okay, Marshawn, we're going to the Super Bowl. You've been giving them free publicity for I don't know how because I was surprised to, to know that there wasn't already there a deal with deal, him and, right. Skittles. They've been getting a lot of free publicity. You're the Super Bowl now. If you want to. I can call the Mars company and say, you know, you guys have been doing pretty well with Skittles, but we're okay with moving to something else um, <laughs> and being Marshawn's favorite candy. Just wanted to throw that out there. Then suddenly, oh, hey, how about a deal? We'll do some Marshawn Lynch Skittles and have all this stuff. And suddenly, boom, now he's got a newly minted deal. That is probably – I'm not saying that's how it happened. That's how it would have happened if I was his agent. Well, when Peyton Manning gets an all-expenses trip paid to Omaha, then uh, you know we'll know how these things go down. Um, they're going to buy him a train ticket. Exactly. <laughs> Wasn't that Marshawn Lynch that got Applebee's a little bit of uh, publicity when they did that whole thing on what's there to do in Buffalo and Marshawn Lynch? That's did, right. Did he go to That's Applebee's? Right. Yeah. He did go Kellen to Winslow got Target some publicity. Not, uh, not and, the way they and, wanted. In Boston Market. Not, not, not the way they wanted. <laughs> I wanted to piggyback your Peyton Manning about where, yeah. where you take him. And I'm popping my mic here. Uh, to, to not take him at least second is a little bit of a risk considering the points that he put up and the fact that they're not going to be losing any personnel next year. Well, no, Sean Marino's a free agent. So okay. It, I mean, they can easily just replace him with Monty. Uh, yeah, Monty I, I, I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about talent outside. They're not losing Decker. They're not losing DT, and they're not losing JT. They're not losing any of those guys. Right. No, Sean has been good for them, but I don't think no, Sean is enhancing Peyton Manning's numbers. No, it's, from, it's probably the other way around. It, right. So uh, – you know, this year when we did Fantasy Live in the preseason, I told Molly that Peyton Manning was going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy, and I got the looks because he doesn't run and because he could get hurt. But when you have a quarterback... And she drafted him. Huh? And she yeah. drafted Peyton. Well, yeah, she's like, really, number one? I said, yes, Peyton Manning, number one. I tell you what, when you're running the whole offense through the guy and he gets the ball out as quickly as he does, I mean, I'm not worried about him getting hurt. How often do you see Peyton Manning hold the ball? I see Aaron Rodgers hold the ball a lot. Yeah. And, and the way he plays, even though Aaron Rodgers isn't taking off running all the time, he's far more prone to get hurt, in my mind, than Peyton Manning is. He is. And, and Rodgers has also had his share of offensive line problems over the last couple of years. I mean, he has, for a guy who's as mobile as he is, he still takes a lot of hits. He's been under a lot of pressure. I, I think the way I look at Manning is that he takes a step back in the sense that he had arguably – the greatest quarterback season ever yeah. in the history of the good league. Good schedule, too. Yeah, and you know, I think next year he can still be very good. I mean, he can still be a guy who throws for 5,000 yards, and he can still throw you know, 30, 35 touchdowns, but I think there will be a step back. And look, Peyton Manning will take a step back, and 80% of Peyton Manning is still better than 100% of plenty of guys out there. I just think he, he drops a little bit because it's hard to expect him to duplicate what he did this year. Certainly, and the, the Chargers and Raiders defense stunk mostly this year. The Chiefs defense got worse late in the season. The AFC West played the NFC East. Redskins, Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys, none of those teams were playing defense, and that's who Peyton Manning got to play this year. Whoever he, I don't remember who the AFC West plays next year as far as the NFC division. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be as easy as playing the NFC East was. Well, this plus, year. I also think, I think what, what you will see in the Super Bowl could impact how teams defend the Broncos going forward. I mean, we know that the Seahawks are going to try to be physical. They're going to try and, and really hit these guys, especially off the line of scrimmage. Petition the league to play in cold weather stadiums. That for, too. For you know, I mean, I, I, and, yeah. I, and I think back about, about the way the Patriots manhandled the Rams in the Super Bowl and how. 
going forward, that's what a lot of teams did against that greatest show on turf. I mean, they got up on Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce. So videotaping really Peyton Manning and practice. That's always a, a key. Idea. Yes. So if you can somehow get to what was it Dove I'm Ranch kidding. or wherever and uh, and check them out ahead of time, oh, I, I'm you know we have no proof. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's I do, all gone. I mean, I think you know I'm every, every, Everybody's going to spend this offseason trying to dissect what they did. And I think a lot of teams are going to really change their approach of defending this offense. And look, they're still going to score a ton of points. Peyton Manning, I think, is still going to throw, like I said, 5,000 yards, 30, 35 touchdowns. But people will find a way to prevent them from putting up those video game. I mean, the Chargers did a pretty good job of it all season long, too, of, of preventing them from having those video game numbers week in and week That's out. That's true. As bad as the Chargers played at times, they played Denver really well. Where would you take Peyton Manning? I, I would go Peyton over... Aaron Rodgers simply for the fact that Eddie Lacy's not going away. Mm-mm. And suddenly they finally have a running back, and you know what the Packers are going to be thinking in this offseason. Okay, now we have our quarterback back healthy. We have the stud running back. Now we can, we can have more of a balanced attack, almost like the Colts thought this year when they got Trent Richardson. This is how we're going to win. You know, we were, we were, it was great for us to pass our way to a Super Bowl, but if we don't have home field advantage, we're going to have to be able to run the football. So now you're going to see a little more of a balanced offense, someone who can carry the football 20, 25 times a game. So with that reliance on Eddie Lacy, he's going to get goal line carries. He's a three-down down back. He doesn't have to come off the field. They still like subbing in James Starks. Not that all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is falling to 12th, but if I'm splitting hairs between Rodgers and Peyton Manning, I might go for Peyton Manning simply because you know he's always going to throw the football, yeah. and especially if they lose Sean Marino, that's going to be a complimentary guy. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring Willis McGahee back. <laughs> Why, maybe Gerald Wilhite will be able to yeah. come back and run yeah. a little bit. Backflips. Yeah, sure. I, I love the number for Gerald Wilhite, remember? 47. Very nice. Elliot Harrison. 47. <laughs> All right, now we can get to Chris Johnson. Some of the big news items going on this week in the National Football League, how they affect your fantasy offseason. Surgery for a torn meniscus. He says, I was playing with it since week three. Still ran for 1,000 yards. Was more consistent than he was in years past. Didn't have many games where he had you know, 12 carries for 25 yards. He was still 70, 80, 90 a lot, but still not the Chris Johnson we were used to. Where are you drafting Chris Johnson? Well, there's no way I take him in the first two rounds. No. I, I, I can't do it. I mean, third round would be as, as early as I go for him. And, and I don't want to say he's getting up there in years, but we have to remember what All of us backs. are. Every day we get, I, I know. <laughs> get up there in years. Johnson came into the league in 2008. He's had a lot of carries. I mean, he, he was a workhorse even his rookie year. This is going to be his seventh year in the league. This may not be the year he hits the wall, but if he did hit a little bit of more of a wall, it wouldn't surprise me. But have, haven't we seen the best of him? Absolutely. But have we seen, so he will never have now, a 2009 again. No. But even, but even, but I don't know that we've seen him. We're going to be able to see him get close. Is he going to have a 1700 yard season no. again? That's not no. going to happen. No, no. And I think the other issue with him is that he has never been a goal line back. I mean, nope. the, the the Titans were, would always take him out near the goal line. So he's that guy that. If he doesn't break off a 20, 30, 40-yard touchdown run, he probably doesn't get in the end zone for you. And so, obviously, I don't expect to see him back in Tennessee next year. He's already said he's not going to take a pay cut to to stay anywhere. So that means he's going to hit the open market now. I think he ends up taking a pay cut because I don't think anybody's going to want to pay him what he thinks he's worth. But I think he ends up in a situation where he's platooning. Maybe he's back in Tennessee and he's sharing touches with Sean Green. Maybe he goes somewhere else. But he's not going to be a primary get the ball 25 times a game sort of back. It's just it's over. Let me throw this one thing out, though. They hired Ken Wisenhunt. I mean, who used their running backs better than the Chargers this year? 
I mean, really. Ryan Matthews was outstanding this year. And he only played Dan- first and second down. Yeah, Danny Woodhead was outstanding. What Danny Woodhead caught 70-something balls. Mm-hmm. Ryan Matthews had, what, 1,200 yards rushing. Uh, Danny Woodhead had some yard- rushing yards as well. And then even Ronnie Brown, uh, they got involved in, maybe not from a fantasy perspective, but what I'm saying is Ken Wisenhunt was able to use as offensive coordinator his backs. Don't think he's all of a sudden going to diverge from that in, in Tennessee. So that is one thing that I like for Chris Johnson. I mean, come on, how many people had faith in Ryan Matthews coming into this Nobody. year? Nobody. <laughs> he just had to wait for everybody to lose faith That's in him when before he, he finally up. came yeah, through. And the free agent signing that people cared about in San Diego was not Danny Woodhead. It was Dwight Freeney. So, yeah. uh, you know, you look back now and you're like, wow, what, what was a better free agent signing than, than Danny Woodhead? Oh, it was, it was huge. And the guy, he played a little bit on first and second down, but not much. But it, it's crazy to see how productive they all were. And Phillip Rivers was able to have a top seven year throwing the football. I mean, yep. this, was a, this is why Ken Wisenhunt got the job, because he came in, he revitalized the offense, he remade Phillip Rivers, mm-hmm. which is always a dangerous thing. When an offensive coordinator comes in who you know wants to be a head coach, sometimes that can work great and sometimes it can't. Sometimes they throw, throw the ball around too much, and, right. and he didn't do that. No. But would you take Ryan Matthews no, over no, Chris Johnson? No, I wouldn't take either player. <laughs> I'm still because the minute I take Ryan Matthews, he's going to be the same guy he was up until this season. Yeah, that's it. I'm ne- Marcus, never again. There are a couple guys that I think are worth taking a chance on next year. I think Ryan Matthews is one. I think I think Trent Richardson's another one. I'm 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 planting the flag for Trent Richardson right now. Oh, I'm going to love that you in our me, league next I, year. I, I Let's all let Marcus <laughs> yeah. take that shot. Now, I, now here's the thing. I would not advise taking both of them if you're taking. If you're taking, <laughs> look, you can't have room for both of these. If guys. you're taking a couple of chances, I, you know, you take one or the other. I don't know that you take two risky guys and hope they both pan out. But I, I like I like that Ryan Matthews stayed healthy, and I like that he didn't fumble the football. A lot Dude, because I, those are his two bugaboos. I tell you what, we need to get your fantasy team next year. Needs to be risky business. We'll have Guido <laughs> the pimp as the avatar for it. From uh, I'll the, take from the movie. Take RG3. RG3, Ryan Matthews, Trent Richardson, Danny Amendola, (laughs) Percy Harvin. This will be my whole team next year. Maybe take Julio Jones coming off injury. I should be studying for my trig midterm and I'm being chased by Marcus Grant. (laughs) (laughs) Booger. That was, uh, what was his name? Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, exactly. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, that's right. That's such a good movie. So now we have a very uh, special guest to welcome in here. We're going to talk about uh, a big news for the Dallas Cowboys. Scott Linehan is now their new play caller. Actually showed up in Cowboys headquarters for what he thought was going to be just a get to know you on Monday and instead wound up sitting in an interviews, <laughs> which is pretty great, Marcus. You come in and go, you know, I like this guy. Hey, why don't you sit in on some interviews? <laughs> but I don't have a cut. Co- just sit. All right. Yeah. Here, okay. Well, we'll start, you know, getting some stuff ready. But uh, fake Jerry Jones is stopping by to talk about uh, Scott Linehan, how it happened and the fantasy value he's going to have on guys like Tony Romo. Fake Jerry, thanks for stopping by. Uh, uh Good morning to you. <laughs> so, uh, how did this all how did this all come about? You just had him in for an interview, and he wound up sitting in on meetings. Uh, well, I'd, uh, uh, I've been taking some classes at uh, University of Phoenix, and uh, been learning about this early adopters, uh, early innovators. Uh, that that bell curve is that what they call it? Yep, bell curve. And uh, I pride myself on not being a late adopter. That's why I got Leonard Davis to a fifty million dollar contract. <laughs> but uh, so, what I was trying to do here is. Uh, I knew right when I saw him. I smelt that, uh, I think it was John Varvatos, uh, when he came in for the meeting. I knew he was a talented guy. And uh, I thought, I'm going to get out in front of this. I'm going to hire him before I even offer him the job. You see, and that's what I've been learning in my classes. And uh, 
they say you're never too old to go to school, Jason. And I, uh, uh, it was between that and DeVry. And uh, mm. I went with the University of Phoenix. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to confuse the opposition. Now, we might confuse ourselves, but we're going to confuse <laughs> the opposition. We're going to have Callahan call plays up in the box, okay? Then he's going to signal it down to Lenahan on the sideline standing next to me, okay? And then Lenahan is going to signal it into Orton, who's going to tell Garrett what the play call is. <laughs> and if we can get that down in 25 seconds, Romo's going to have himself a hell of a play. <laughs> That's, it's almost kind of like Chip Kelly-esque right there, uh, Fake Jerry. I think that's a pretty good strategy. Well, i I, I got to say I have a, a certain amount of uh, uh, admiration for Kelly. He came in and he pushed the play count up, you know, and I, I thought, wow, that really tires out defenses, namely ours. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I almost uh, called Alan Ball back, see if he wanted to come back and oh, play for us. He could have helped you. And uh, Brodney Poole, some of the other <laughs> good personnel decisions that I've made over the years, Keith Davis. But uh, – so I saw what Kelly did, and I thought, okay, if he can exhaust them with Deshaun and LaShawn, Marcus, I thought we could exhaust them with all of our play calling. Because if they're trying to steal signals, okay, imagine how tired your eyes would get <laughs> trying to watch from Callahan to Linham. And uh, I tell you, this is a very valuable lesson I learned in this business uh, about uh, 12 years ago from uh, Dave Campo. Confuse yourselves, and you might – Confuse the opposition in the process. <laughs> That's uh, the, the words of wisdom from fake Jerry Jones. Marcus, agree or disagree with that philosophy? Uh, I agree that they may confuse themselves. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I know that the Cowboys try to think outside the box and they want to try to do something innovative, but this just seems like a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, you've got – you had a couple years ago, you had Jason Garrett calling plays. Then last year, it was Bill Callahan calling plays. Now, you've brought in Scott Linehan to call the plays – but they don't seem interested in letting Callahan go, saying he's under contract. We don't see him going anywhere, even though other teams have expressed interest in maybe trying to interview him. Um, I, 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 I think individually each one of these guys aren't terrible play callers. I just wonder how they all mesh together, whether or not they have a coherent vision for what they see out of the offense this year, what this means for DeMarco Murray, what this means for you know Romo and Des Bryant, and those sort of guys. Can I sort of stop guys. you right there? Please do. Uh, okay, listen. I, I always believe that you have to know where you stand, okay? And I knew that we fell woefully behind in one area, and it wasn't our defense. I thought Monty Kiffin, <laughs> Kiffin did a bang-up job. We, we fell woefully behind in one area, Marcus, and I was uh, uh, determined, motivated, i.e., fired up about this, and that is who could more inconsistently go to their running game than us? And I, I could only think of one team, the Detroit Lions. I mean, no team sat Jork Bell after he just ripped off a 20-yard run like the Lions. You know, and no team went to Megatron 22 straight throws like the Lions, okay? So, so you're saying I should get Des Bryant early in my draft? I think you should draft that Chris Durham kid. What's the, what's the kid there playing outside? Uh, so, uh, I can't even look at you. <laughs> Good morning, I can't to even you. look at you. <laughs> oh, when you, you fake Jerry, when you hit me with that, it wasn't our defense. I think I was just over the edge right there. <laughs> All right, well, Fake Jerry, appreciate you stopping by, and uh, thanks for all the inside information, and I look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot. I, I appreciate that. Uh, just want to let all you guys know, if you want to come down to Cowboys Stadium, uh, we're going to be showing uh, the Hobbit desolation of smile. 
uh, <laughs> on the video board. And then uh, when we're done, Marcus, if you'd like to invite you and the, the nice girlfriend I met uh, – Come catch some fifteen yard outs from a true, <laughs> from a true Cowboys legend, Anthony Wright. Uh, Last year was Quincy Carter. He's not coming uh, back. No, we uh, uh, we we let his head go. No, <laughs> we let him go. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. Well, fake Jerry. Thank you very Thanks much for that offer. And, and good luck with the Hobbit movie. Tired act. Tired <laughs> act. He was. Man. All right. They, well, you know what? Fa- you know, fake Jerry Jones, Marcus, is is nothing if not entertaining. Oh man. You know, that's and, uh, that's a classic. Uh, and now we welcome Elliot Harrison back in because Fake Jerry had his headset. So uh, Elliot, uh, Wait, I, I just got to put it on here. Yeah, go ahead. Did he, he said he let Quincy Carter's act go, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah he did let him go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I tell you what, remember Quincy Carter had a little cup of coffee with the Jets. He did won a couple of games. Yeah, Quincy Carter. He beat the beat the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, ten seven was the final score, and uh, nearly beat the Bills. So that was that's Quincy Carter's. Uh, that's his uh, status with the Jets. Are we heading into another? Uh, fantasy uh, off season, so to speak, with no skill positions on the Jets being worth a dime. I mean, I, 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 I disagree. I think Chris. I Ivory, knew you're going to say Chris. Chris Ivory, Ivory still a risky he, play to if me. He didn't get hurt, and I know we're playing ifs here, but he got he got hurt in training camp, and he really never got over that hamstring injury until midway through the season. But then you saw he became a guy that they were loading him up twenty five, twenty eight carries, thirty carries a game, and he was just bludgeoning opponents. And the Jets realized. We have a nice one-two punch with Ivory and Bilal Powell, but Ivory, we have to keep giving him the football because this is what makes him valuable. Nobody wants to tackle him. He, he hits defenders harder than any running back in the, in the game. He's healthy. He's a twelve to 1,400-yard running back who's going to get all the goal line carries. He's a stud going into next year. And you can get him later because people will look at this year and go, yeah, he was good, but I thought he was going to break through this year, so I can wait on him. You can get him as your second running back, maybe even as that fifth player you get off the board. You get your first two running backs, first two wide receivers. You'll get him there. He's healthy. He's going to be huge for you this year. All right, so take that. Marcus, would you draft Ivory over Trent Richardson? Mm. That's a tough call. That's a tough call. That really is a tough call. I probably would just because he's going to get carries more consistently um you know and i look i think the colts are going to give trent richardson every opportunity because they gave up so much to you mean they didn't already um (laughs) but they gave up so much i mean you know halfway through this year they realized you know what we're winning let's just keep giving the ball to donald brown because you know this is going to help us out I, i think they're going to give him every opportunity but at the same time they realize that Andrew Luck is where their bread is buttered offensively, that if they can keep the ball in Andrew Luck's hands and have him distribute, you know, Reggie Wayne will be back and healthy, T.Y. Hilton will still be there, Kobe Fleener really picked things up this year. So I think that is where the focus of the offense is going to be. Um, I, I think Trent Richardson will get chances to produce, but I also think that it'll be, it, it will be Chris Ivory who more consistently will see a lot of carries. He can be a 20-plus carry guy every week. Were you ready for a little deep sleeper? All right. Deep, deep sleeper? People are going to forget about Dwayne Allen. Completely forget about him. You know, I, I thought about that. And I'm trying to figure out. I'm very curious to see what happens with that. If if having the year away kind of puts him behind Fleener in terms of just working with Andrew Luck. You, I, yeah, I thought Fleener was going to be the better of the two when they were drafted just because of that connection at Stanford, having worked with Luck yeah. at Stanford. So I was kind of surprised to see Allen take the lead there. And I wonder if having that year away puts him a step back. It'd be interesting. I'm just I'm thinking last round kind of guy, last round of the draft kind of guy. I got another sleep before you ready. Okay. Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, <laughs> someone's going to sign him. Yeah. He's going to come back and throw a lot of deep touchdowns. Yeah, he, he probably still has the arm strength for it. Still can. 
I'm think, sure he can. I think Bill Parcells said at 60 he would still be able to throw a 15-yard out. We're almost there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let's get to another quarterback that there's going to be a lot of attention on. And we saw the Houston Texans, a couple of Texas A&M alums, put up a big billboard in Houston urging the Texans to take Johnny Manziel number one overall. Now, when it comes down to the draft, when it gets down to it, I, I don't think you cannot take him number one overall just because of the skill set he has. It's unique. could win a lot of football games. Certainly the Texans are in the mode for, for a quarterback. But Manziel is the latest guy to come in in, in, in the same mold as RG3 and Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick. Johnny Manziel goes very early in draft. He's going to go to a team that's going to make him the quarterback right away. You drafting him as a backup? Can you draft Johnny Manziel and say, I'm going in with my strategy and whoever my starter is, I'm going to back him up and try to catch lightning in a bottle? Wow. You know, if I had a really reliable number one, like a Drew Brees, sure, I would do it because Drew Brees doesn't get hurt. And if if Manziel ends up having a breakout year like RG3 did in 2012, then think about the trade bait that you have there. Somebody's trying to make their playoff run, and then you pick yourself up an extra running back down the stretch. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I don't know that I take Manziel – if I'm looking at a borderline number one quarterback, I mean, go back to the Russell Wilson discussion we had earlier. You know, if you're looking at a guy that you're not sure about, I don't know that I back him up with another guy you're not sure about. If you have Philip Rivers, can you back him up with Johnny Manziel? I don't think I don't, so. I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and you can't afford to have three quarterbacks on your roster. If you have Andrew Luck, can you back him up with Johnny Manziel? I don't know that I would. I mean, I know a lot of people like Luck. I think he's really talented, but from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that that he's that guy that I just feel like I can plug him in every single week. I, well, I can answer this question uh, definitively because I had Andrew Luck, <laughs> and I ended up uh, sitting him. I ended up sitting him through the last five games because he was inconsistent. I mean, they went to Arizona. They got hammered. Mm-hmm. They got hammered. They played the Rams at home. They got hammered. Uh, Andrew Luck is a very good player, but I've, I've got to – and I'm, I'm straying off a little bit into a real football point, but it, it's applicable to fantasy – I get a little tired of all the praise going to Andrew Luck because he's a very good player. But it is amazing to me how a Phillip Rivers or a Tony Romo will throw one, one interception and everyone blows up Twitter. But Luck throws three picks in the first half, gets his team down 38-10, to 10, and then he brings them back. One of the touchdowns was the most lucky bounce of the, the ball that runs, right in his hands. Him. Look, I commend the guy for overcoming his own mistakes – and winning the game, but let's not forget they were his own mistakes. I, I think I think you saw some of that criticism come up though in the playoff game with uh, I mean just having an awful against game New against England. the Patriots with the way that that one ended. Um, you know, I mean I think I think he gets some pass because this was just his second year, you know, and he's still developing. Fine, but then don't talk about him like he's a top five NFL quarterback. Yeah, wait, well, yeah. not many guys can keep both teams in the game like he. Can. That's a special <laughs> yeah. talent. He's got eight interceptions but, in three playoff games. But I do think I do think that was a lot of the criticism after that game against the Patriots. I mean, just reading some of the local papers in Indiana in Indianapolis after that game, um, you know, guys like Bob Kravitz you know, certainly were very. Uh, they were kind to, to Andrew Luck, but there was there was that undercurrent of he's got to learn to curb the turnovers. He's got to make better decisions earlier in the game. That way he doesn't have to be captain comeback at the end. Exactly. Or the Amish sex symbol. The Civil War general. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the Amish sex symbol is pretty I like that one. Like that That's one? pretty good. Yeah. John I'm Book? thinking what the poster was, would be. Book! And so, then he gets hit with a bunch of milk like a <laughs> witness. 
So you've got you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Amish rifle, and Andrew Luck, the Amish sex symbol. And then Danny Glover is a bad guy in Witness. <laughs> that's right. He's never a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, that's true. You know, my my uh, cousin. Sorry, spoiler alert. The movie came out in 1986. <laughs> Sorry, I my, spoiled it. 25 my, years later, my cousin has kind of like long, curly gray hair and a mustache. Mm-hmm. Kind of a handsome guy. He works uh, for one of the airlines, and someone on the plane asked him if <laughs> if he was one of those Civil War reenactors. Really? <laughs> wow. Are you a Civil War reenactor? That's yes. when you know. That's yes, when you know you might need to change. I'm your style on my way to Antietam. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, one more topic before we get to the uh, our big Super Bowl picks for uh, the coming weekend. Tony Gonzalez played his final game in the Pro Bowl on Sunday, and whether or not you believe the last play was Antonio Cromartie scoring a touchdown or not, Tony Gonzalez hanging him up. Falcons offense has been automatic the last few years, as, as long as they've been healthy. Roddy White has been a high draft pick. So has Julio Jones. Matt Ryan's been a high draft pick the last couple of years. But now there's no Tony Gonzalez. Whenever you replace him with, it's not going to be him. You concerned about the weapons the Falcons have going into next year without this big, big-time receiver they have? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Falcons, to me, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective – Matt Ryan may have to throw it all over the park, which in theory is a good thing. But Roddy White, I saw signs of him slowing down this year. And Roddy White next year, I believe, will be his 10th season in the league. It's kind of amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Julio Jones coming back from a major injury. Okay. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Okay. Steven Jackson. I know you were big on Steven Jackson, and I busted you repeatedly. Not as big as Rank. Adam Rank, but I, I, I was big <laughs> I like on him. That. Adam Rank Way was huge. Way to throw your colleague that's not here under the bus. <laughs> not me, but it was Rank. <laughs> okay, and uh, Jaquiz Rogers, I mean, I, I think we, we know what we're getting there. Okay, yeah, you look at all the way across. And by the way, their offensive line, I don't know if you saw the last game they played against the Panthers. I believe the Panthers got eight or nine sacks in that game. There's nothing to trust about Atlanta's offense right now. I think Matt Ryan is a quarterback that you could get very, very late and might be a good play only because they're going to probably be behind more than they were in the past. I'm not talking about this this last year. And the fact that I don't trust the running game at all. It's the Mark Bulger theory. It was you know that was what made Mark made Mark Bulger kind of a good fantasy quarterback yep. at one point in his career because the Rams were behind and you knew Bulger was going to have to throw it 40 times in the second half. I. I the one thing that would give me a little bit of, of hope about the Falcons passing game is that they discovered Harry Douglas during the season last year when Julio Jones went down, when Roddy White was struggling with injury. Harry Douglas stepped up and played well for stretches, and I think he could be a good third receiver for them. I think he can be a guy who, who makes plays out of the slot, sort of like a Victor Cruz for that offense. Um, what worries me, maybe more than Tony Gonzalez retiring, is the fact that Steven Jackson is it nearly the same guy he was no. when he was with St. Louis? That that he's a guy who I think they were hoping I think they were hoping they could get a couple more quality years out of him at the end of his career. He could be that extra piece that got them over the top. Now they've lost Gonzalez. Steven Jackson is just looking like he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point. Jaquiz Rogers has never become the player I thought he would be coming out of Oregon State. I thought he could be kind of a Darren Sproles that it just it hasn't completely worked out that way um so there are questions there are definitely questions in the Falcons offense and I think I think that is what makes Matt Ryan kind of a middle of the pack number two fantasy quarterback for me Matt Ryan certainly has a potential for 30 to 35 touchdowns but can I trust him now I can't because I can't trust Roddy White 
coming off this season. You, you, could, you could never play him because he was in and out of the lineup. He started catching footballs at the end of the year, and that's great, but you're starting to see a little bit of pattern emerge with Roddy White. Julio Jones, I'm all in on when he comes back because someone's got to catch 90-yard touchdowns, and it's going to be Julio Jones. But as far as the, the Falcons, it was you were taking all of these guys, and you were drafting them high, and you were playing all of them. Now, out of, out of all, all of those big players, Julio Jones is the only guy I trust. I didn't trust Steven Jackson coming into the season because we had seen the best of him. I know it was we're going to put him in this offense and things are going to be great. But you knew Jaquiz Rogers was going to be on the field. He was only going to carry the football a couple of times. He got hurt, couldn't get back. He's had a lot of carries. But now it's gone from everybody, load up on Falcons, to Julio Jones and other guys. If I have Matt Ryan as my backup, I'm okay. If I have Roddy White as my third receiver, I'm all right. I'm still a little nervous, but I'm okay with him as my third receiver. i got to tell you about Harry, Harry Douglas. So Harry Douglas was one of those guys this year that really made me reevaluate myself. I, I picked him up off the waiver wire. I thought, man, I, I'm the man. I'm going to kill Grant and Smith and Fabs. I'm going to waste them. This is a brilliant pickup. <laughs> Here's the problem about waiver wire pickups like that. you got to know when to play them. Every time I played him, he caught three balls for 41 yards. Then I sent him seven balls, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Hated Harry Douglas. Hated him. Oh, I had the same thing with Riley Cooper. Oh, right. I'm going to put him in. He's going to be. And then right after he had that big game, he yeah. was nothing. Yeah, I, I think his best game was like 8.9 points. And I'm saying, Riley Cooper just <laughs> – luckily, I, I had depth. I didn't have to play him. But I, I was like, ah, oh, I got Riley Cooper. Yeah, patting myself on the back. I got him early enough. And then he just did nothing. That's because we did it too simple. We should have gone with fake Jerry's advice, which is to overthink everything and make it overly <laughs> complex. And try to confuse, confuse the other owners. Opponent. Yeah. Oh, so then by that logic, idea. you're picking up Jason Avant. Avant. And you're throwing him in there, right? All right, let's get to our Super Bowl picks here. Now, in case you don't know, there's a big game Sunday. Uh, the Jets are playing in their home stadium. Geno Smith gets them to the Super Bowl against the Cowboys. So it's going to be a big game. As long as they're not flying Virgin America, everything will be fine. Hey, he's allowed to fly Virgin he's America been vindicated. Again. He's are, been, you know, he, he's okay to, now. Are we going to have to see one of those John Gruden commercials during the Super Bowl where they're showing Houston gamblers at LA Express <laughs> highlights? <laughs> because they don't want to They don't want to play the NFL, NFL highlights. Yeah. yeah, just wondering. Is that Jim Kelly? I think, yeah. wow. Wow, he looks young, Jim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. So who wants to go first? Super Bowl pick. Let's go. Marcus, let's go with you first. Super Bowl uh, pick. You know what? I think I think the Broncos will win it. Um, I think the it, it will be a relatively low-scoring affair. I mean, I, I think you see Denver playing it out 24-20, something like that. I, I, I just think – for all the talk about how good the Broncos' offense has been and how good the Seahawks' defense has been, I think we've kind of overlooked how well the Broncos' defense has played in the postseason. I mean, I think they've had a very good playoff run. I mean, I know the Chargers' offense isn't necessarily anything to write home about, but uh, they, certainly, good. they certainly locked down on the, on the Chargers. They slowed down Tom Brady and that Patriot offense. I think the Broncos' defense has really has found itself at the right time, and, and they're going up against a Seattle offense that has been inconsistent, to say the least, over the last couple of months. I, I agree with that. I, you know, I've been writing the NFL.com picks all season. They come out on Thursday. So I'll be going into this game. Right now, I see Seattle winning the game. But I'm, I'm really depending a lot of that on the conditions uh, Sunday. I just feel like the conditions are more conducive to Seattle because of the style of offense they play. How often do they ask Russell Wilson to change plays at the line? Not as much. Peyton Manning changes every play at the line or gives out Omaha. dummy calls. And that's great. But when the weather conditions are bad and, and it's loud – I want the team that is committed to running the football 
and that's the Seattle Seahawks. And I like Russell Wilson being able to run out of the pocket. Uh, if the weather conditions are poor, you know, how well is Peyton Manning going to be able to throw the football? I mean, if he can't throw the football as well as he normally does, does Denver have the defense and no Sean Marino? Is that good enough? To beat Seattle? It's probably a good thing for Peyton that this game isn't in Seattle where they have to deal with that crowd noise where all of his gyrations. And, I mean, we know a lot of it is, is just for show anyway, but without having to deal with that crowd noise, I mean, that takes out a lot. True, of but stuff. the crowd's not going to quiet. I, don't, I mean, the, the Charger game was incredible to me. I mean, literally, it was silent when the Broncos were on offense. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen at the Super Bowl. I'm not saying everyone's going to be rooting for the Seahawks. Just saying that it's, they're not. No one's going to quiet down for him at the Super Bowl, and I think that plays in the Seahawks' favor. I, I agree. I agree with your, your points on on the Seahawks. I don't think this is a a Super Bowl that is conducive to Peyton Manning having success. I can see him turning it over two or three times in the game. Here's the one thing that worries me about the Seahawks. And I go, you go back in games in, in Super Bowls past, and you see this: the Seahawks are supremely confident, which you have to be. You're going in. We're playing away game. We're gonna we're gonna win. They're supremely confident, but are they confident to the point where their arrogance is not going to allow them to adjust when Denver starts doing things they're not accounting for? Because we see that in games all the time. We're, we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna do our thing, and then the minute the other team does something that either you don't expect or they get a little bit of success for, instead of hunkering down, it's finger pointing, and it's what you know. It, it's what were you doing on that play? And I want to watch the body language of the Seahawks. That's the one thing that gets me is that are they too confident? Coming in thinking, we have a good game plan. We know what we're going to do. We know what we'd like to do. We're going to go do our thing. And the Broncos, meanwhile, are sitting back and saying, well, they're going to expect us to do this, and we're going to give them this. You know, the Broncos, that's the type of, of uh, challenge that Peyton Manning brings you. And that's what I worry about, that Peyton Manning finds, whether it's we're going to do three-step drops and complete passes mm-hmm. short, whether we're not going to challenge the outside cornerbacks, but it's going to be Welker and Julius Thomas over the middle that are going to have a field day because they're going to get open against the Seahawks' third and fourth cornerbacks, and the Seahawks aren't going to be able to adjust. And when they adjust, then Peyton Manning's able to go deep. That's what worries me about the Seahawks. They have the matchups in their favor. They have the weather in their favor, everything. But that confidence, I wonder, is it good confidence or is this over the top arrogance uh, that's and that's fair I mean I, I think they're gonna have trouble with Julius Thomas I really do I saw in the preseason uh, Denver went and played out there and they couldn't cover Julius Thomas now granted nobody knew who he was including us okay <laughs> uh, but you know we're all talking about Jacob Tammy uh, I think around <laughs> then uh, and I worry about Seattle's offensive line I, I mean how many times have we seen Russell Wilson do these 55 step drops he keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper, either because he can't sure. see over the line. They're great in Tecmo Bowl, not so much in, in yeah, real football. Yeah, and, and, you know, look, he has got to realize when it's not there, this is not a regular game. This is all the way out. You know, I, I've got I've to lay it on the line. He needs to run more. I'd like to see him do what Kaepernick did against his own team mm-hmm. last week. I'd like to see Russell Wilson just tuck it and run and quit holding the ball trying to get something downfield. I know it works for him sometimes, but I think it got him in trouble more often than not. Uh, against the 49ers and you know it's funny you you talk about how nobody knew Julius Thomas I'm looking at our preseason picks right here and you actually had Orson Mobley as a sleeper (laughs) (laughs) and I was pretty surprised about that but you know he could he could have a big year for you 
I, I'm I'm just wondering if Isaiah Pede is still on my sleeper list. <laughs> <laughs> and Leonard not. Hankerson? Yeah. Uh, Those are like your two big sleepers are always no, Leonard Hankerson and Isaiah Pede. I, I, I backed off Isaiah, Isaiah Pede. I was really smart. I went Daryl Richardson. <laughs> oh, very well. That worked, it worked out well for you. <laughs> it did. For a long uh, time. It did. All right, so there we go. This is our final NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We'll see you as things develop during the offseason, free agency, and the draft. I'm Jason Smith. He's Marcus Grant, Elliot Harrison. And for fake Jerry Jones, uh, Elliot, please, next time you see him, thank him for coming in. I, I will. We didn't even get Fantasy Predator in here, Marcus. No. I, I blame you. That's my fault. Well, Fat- Jerry Jones came in, and I think, you know, fake Jerry came in, and that scared Fantasy Predator. Right? I'm just glad Bane, Fantasy Bane, did not make it. <laughs> uh, I think he's doing a new movie, Fantasy <laughs> Bane. Is, that right? so. is Heinz Ward in that one, too? Yes. Some, Heinz, okay, okay, just real quick. Of all the crazy things in, in the Batman movie, Heinz Ward returning a kickoff for a touchdown, he's not going to get past the 20-yard line. <laughs> he's so slow. At 40 years old, he's going to run it back for a touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, that was that. That to me, I was kind of like, nah, all right. Yeah, you know, the, the rest bit. of the movie was was perfectly logical. But Heinz Ward running back a kickoff yeah. yes. that was a bridge too far. You know what else <laughs> wasn't logical? Uh, this I was with Michael Fabiano the other day. We were watching Rocky Three. Okay, so spoiler alert, but the movie is like forty years old now. Um, you know, Mickey gets pushed down by Clubber Lang, and he has the heart attack, and you know he's laying on the you know he's laying in the locker room. No doctors. It takes him like a half hour to get a doctor there. <laughs> Anybody to come look? At, no, there's no doctors around. It's this filled with doctors. There's going to be a fight. <laughs> All you got to do is have one guy come from the ring and walk in. But no, it's like a half hour goes by. Rocky goes, fights Mr. T, loses, comes back, and they still don't have him in an ambulance. <laughs> and they say he, they, okay, Rocky, you can talk to him, but we got to get him in an ambulance. So they stop taking care of him so Rocky can have that final conversation. Conversation uh, with him, and I was like, "No, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's too late. Yeah, we couldn't save him. Yeah, we let you talk to him. We figured that was it, and then uh, we couldn't save him. That was just because it happened. It happened the other day. I wanted to get that in there. Yeah. I have, I have nothing to say. To yeah, that. you have no comment. I have no response to that. Okay, all right. Well, you got your Kurt Warner story in, so I, I, figured... I agree. I, I'm kind of sad that this is the last fantasy podcast. It'll be back before you know it. Yeah, we'll be back doing this again very, very soon. As, right. Yeah, very good. You okay? You okay with that? I am. We're gonna have mock drafts. I'm sure yep. in the spring. All that. Yeah, and we'll look, do the uh, the mock auction draft. Mock for, auction for draft. Look for, the, look for the draft kit to come sometime uh, mid to late summer. Yeah, and if you're listening know. right now, the mock auction draft is pretty cool. Auction drafts in general are pretty cool, but you really learn a lot about the value of guys by looking at what you know what we bid on them and how soon people win. So I, th- I think the mock auction draft is one of the cooler things that we do. And also don't forget, we cover fantasy on NFL.com 24-7, 365 days a year. Marcus is getting ready to write a big blog as we speak. I am. Three and out. It's coming. Look for it. All right. See you guys. Enjoy the podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started.